This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Look at shot! Circus came to town and it's now departed as Swindon Town lose 4-1 to Manchester City on Friday night. A heck of an occasion and here to discuss is Terry. Hello Terry. A heck of an occasion. The circus came to town but unfortunately I didn't, Rich. Oh no, you had a ticket and everything. I had many, many tickets. <laughs> Including some tickets that I didn't buy and yet still turned up at my door but perhaps that's a conversation for another day. Indeed, yeah. It's really weird, these sort of games, because I, I guess it's a bit like Christmas. I spend a long time really looking forward to Christmas Day, and then when Christmas Day turns up, it's all right. It's fine. But it, it's not what I built it up to be, which is probably going against the grain of almost everybody who was in the ground. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a curmudgeon at the best of times. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Rich. I was, I'm sort of sat here feeling very much like the 27th of December and yeah, is it is it okay to say I'm glad it's all over I'm not sure <laughs> um, it, it, it was all a bit much I think in the end for, for me to deal with um look it, it it was it was such a such a shot in the arm for the whole club and I, I'm sure everybody who, who went had an amazing time I'm sure I would have had an amazing time if I did go um but Quite frankly, it's not really what being a Swindon fan is about to me. It's much more about um, 
of trying to win games of football and competing and 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 going away from home and having a, and having a bit of a laugh. So as much as it was nice to see the circus come to town, the actual um, the actual match was was entirely predictable. We had our moments, and obviously Man City were, were, were miles, miles, miles ahead of us. And um, I hope everybody who who was there sort of took took great enjoyment out of watching some absolutely fantastic footballers because um, that that chance doesn't come along a lot, does it? Absolutely doesn't. And before everyone reaches for the off button, because we both sound very miserable, which we're not, uh, <laughs> it was a great occasion, as mentioned. Um, some light-hearted uh, news to start. Um, tabloid websites on Friday, Terry, national and local, went absolute clickbait hungry. Um, headlined by The Mirror, why isn't Corrie on tonight? ITV viewers fume as soap is cancelled for football coverage. Coronation Street fans have blasted ITV's decision to cancel the soap tonight as a scheduling shake-up shake up, means that the latest FA Cup match will air instead. Um, that's the mirror with some hot takes and spelling errors. It won't surprise you. I can't help but think we've done the great British public a favour there. And I'm assuming in the interest of balance, we've got someone from the leading Coronation Street podcast joining us eminently. Oh, I would hope so. But <laughs> they, they, they were they were so angry, Terry, that they didn't want to talk about it. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, absolutely fuming. And I saw, I, I see uh, Harry McCurdy managed to um, manage to come up with an, with an absolute perler of a quote on his Instagram. And, and that was splashed all over the, the tabloids on Saturday morning as well. So, um, look, any, anything for a bit of, um, for, for a bit of uh, attention and a bit of press. Um, it's, it's never a bad thing, is it? That's for sure. No, not at all. And, and talking about attention from the press, uh, we got some absolute magic of the FA Cup stuff, which was encapsulated by journalism heavyweight Henry Winter. And just to give you a flavour of what he was sort of tweeting this weekend, the FA Cup still matters when referencing Kidderminster's progression to the fourth round. One of the great FA Cup performances from Cambridge United. And what are Swindon doing? <laughs> I thought he's meant to big us up. Yeah, but the, the guy's an ultra fan and an absolute chopper, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give uh, too much too much credence to him, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think it was interesting because obviously, obviously, I, I I sat at home and, and watched this with uh with four bottles of Heineken zero point zero, no less, and um, it was interesting sort of watching the narrative and watching watching the way the media covered it, um, and the sort of general. The, the general vibe that um, Swindon are really stupid and naive because they haven't resorted to hoofing the ball was quite peculiar, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that, that was something that was sort of... I, I, I didn't... I don't think I picked up my phone barely at all. Certainly didn't browse because, you know, it's a full county ground, so my phone can't hack that. It was really interesting to see that that the media were sort of like picking up Swindon on points as well. What do you want us to do? You know, this is the one of the best teams in the world right now. Harry McCurdy will highlight the fact that they can't even win in Europe in the final. But, you know, what was it? 10 internationals um, combined total of about 470 caps between them, plus the man of the match. You know, it, it, what what more can you do? I'd be way more satisfied with us losing in the way we did and playing the game that we play than I would if we just suddenly sort of dragged a bloody tractor over the pitch and um, just ran around kicking people and hoofing it. Like, what's the point? It doesn't stand as... We were going to lose anyway. So at least at least lose doing what you do and trying to get better at it and learn some lessons. And 
you know, we did actually massively change the way we play, but obviously it, it, it was way more subtle than than stopping passing the ball and instead just hoofing it. It was it was quite strange to just watch that narrative build. It's almost a, like almost a little bit sort of like patronising in terms of like answering and stupid for trying to play Man City at their own game. We obviously weren't trying to play Man City at their own game. The point was we were trying to play our own game. And why would we change? Irrelevant of who you're playing, why would you change? Um, obviously, you tweak things, and we did massively. We completely, we completely, we we played much deeper. We played with a flat back five. We actually did go more direct in terms of three passes. Uh, often it was it was two passes into the centre midfield and then one round the corner. Um, but we're not just going to turn into like. Just, we're not going to turn into Lincoln from two years ago, are we? Like, it's just not gonna... No, no. Um, starting lineups: Lewis Ward, as we knew, uh, replaced Jojo Wallacott, who's over with the Africa Cup of Nations. Rob Hunt, Akin Odomeo, Dion Conroy, Kane, Kessler, Hayden. More from him later. Ellis Iandolo, Louis Reed, Jordan Lydon, Ben Gladwin, Tyree Simpson, and Harry McCurdy, Man City. And you just got to call it out, just to say what we're up against. Zach Stefan, Kyle Walker, Jose Cancelo, Jose Cancelo, Ruben Diaz. Nathan Ake, Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, Ilke Gundogan, Gabriel Jesus, Bernardo Silva and Cole Palmer. Ridiculous, really. And and to go go on your point of the, the first half, I mean, I just think where we struggled or where we looked like we were most at risk of conceding is when we were defending so deep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, at the end of the day, they were obviously going to dominate. They were obviously going to create chances. And, and a lot of it was just about us sort of try and the whole point is that every second you have the ball they don't so why would you want to give it back to him immediately um and look the second goal I was absolutely fuming but I wasn't annoyed because we'd we'd tried to play out I was annoyed because we did it really really badly I'd be fuming if we gave that goal away against Stevenage it was a joke of a goal but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and play that way because that's what we do right it just means that we should do it better and Dion Conroy has to learn to pass the ball five yards to his goalkeeper. And quite frankly, Lewis Ward isn't as comfortable as Jojo Wallacott with the ball at his feet. So we got we got ourselves in a spot above her. That was nothing to do with Man City. It was just we don't we, that that is how we play, and we got it wrong, and and you, you get punished. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the opening stages of the game went. It felt a little bit like that Chelsea League Cup tie where Man City were just playing the ball about no massive threat at goal, but they were just passing and passing and passing. And obviously, 14 minutes in, it led to the first goal where Cole Palmer beats Ellis Iandolo with ease and then everyone's just static. And I think that also goes alongside the, I wouldn't like that conceded against any team in League Two, let alone Man City. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a great bit of play by Cole Palmer. And perhaps we'll talk about him in a minute in terms of, in terms of how, how and why he stood out. And then it's just a tap in, isn't it? But but again, you know, ultimately, it almost feels a little bit a little bit foolish, sort of trying to discuss and break down why why they were better than us. Like they, other than Cole Palmer, they didn't get out of first or second gear. They didn't have to. And, and I think what was most impressing about them, and also sort of the, the the flashes where you actually see how much better they are, is when they lose the ball and they have to recover. And physically, they were physically they're miles ahead as well, and and that's and that may come with surprise because everyone's immediate reaction is everyone's you know they're all professionals. Why does that matter? But yes, but these guys are the best professional footballers in the world, so obviously they're going to be absolutely physically beyond us as well. So you know, every time we 
won the ball, made three passes. We were surrounded by three or four players, and, and we're so our game is so much about transition. Um, and and they just obviously didn't allow us to do that. They won the ball back immediately, dominated the ball for two or three minutes, progressed up the pitch, and, and created another chance. And they were miles, miles ahead of us in that first half. It could have easily been four or five, but it it wasn't. And and ultimately, the scoreline I think we'd have all taken, wouldn't we? Yeah, Man City. I've seen this Man City side in the flesh before, be it a couple of years ago. But you know, same same philosophy, obviously, with with the manager. And it was definitely second, third gear stuff. But you just have to marvel, don't you, <laughs> at the sort of standard. And something that I always observe when when I see these teams is the speed in which they do things very, very easily. And something that I've, I guess there's no data, there's no real proof of me, but other than my opinion is, you know, watching football through the 90s and 2000s, these sort of games felt like there could be a little bit more into, in it, you know, Swindon could do something. And I say this now on a day where Morecambe took the lead against Spurs away. But I think the golf in class between obviously top tier and fourth tier and top tier and third tier and even top tier and second tier is just getting bigger and bigger, especially in that top half of the Premier League. I think what's really interesting though, Rich, is I sat down and watched the Newcastle-Cambridge game yesterday, right? Mm. And and Cambridge obviously won. Everyone knows that it, it, it was they, it was a good comp, good old fashioned combination of a bit of luck, um, some great defending, and an unbelievable goalkeeping display. Pretty much the three things you need, right, to to pull off a shock like that. Now, I we if we had had Newcastle, we'd have given them one hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I think the, the 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 golfing class between the top and the bottom of the Premier League is arguably the same as the the bottom of the Premier League and League One. It, honestly, the, the difference between the top six and the rest of that, or even the top three and the rest of that league is absolutely ginormous. So Man City playing Newcastle, difference-wise, is probably similar to Newcastle playing Cambridge, in my eyes. Um, because, it's it, you know, it, it's almost exponential in terms of how and in terms of how the quality increases and increases. And obviously, right at the top, you are literally competing for and buying the best footballers in the world, um, rather than sort of jobbing professionals in, at the bottom half or the bottom six of, of the Premier League. So, yeah, I think I think it really is that sort of top three, top four who are just miles, miles, miles ahead of everyone else, aren't they? Yeah, and it probably doesn't help then that we gift them the second goal too, as, as you've highlighted that. Dion Conroy clearly insists he wants the short ball where Lewis Ward looks like he wants to go long and the clearance then to Lou, Louis Reed, sort of that poor first touch and then it's you know scored with ease it's it's again it's, I don't know I don't know what the logic is there behind it. I know they're doing their own thing but you've got Man City up against you but why doesn't Lewis Ward just go with his gut and just kick it you tell me Rich you tell me I mean look like I said take Man City out of it that second goal is a joke and and we'd be we would we would be absolutely furious to concede that against anyone. Um, and you say you know yeah we were just doing what we always do. I've not seen us do that. Not in that. <laughs> like, normally we we don't go so central in the box, do we? we exactly. Do, we, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The idea of like it was almost like Lewis Lewis Ward sort of set Dion Conroy for the goal kick and then ran six yards to get it back again. And we saw this quite often in the second half as well. Look, obviously. It was really interesting because at the time everyone's sort of fuming and like, why are we doing this? Why are we not just just clear your lines? What's Ghana doing? 
Um, but actually, you, you read the, you read, you know, you you, you listen to the um, post match, and and um, Garner was really annoyed about that situation, right? He said that isn't what we were planning to do. That isn't what we worked on all week. It's not what we've asked the players to do. So something's broken down there, isn't it? Um, and that was the only real blot on the copybook, I think, was that second goal. I think, you know, the, pr- pretty much everything else, you've got to say the players were outstanding and and, and particularly second half. We, we we created some moments that will live with everyone who was there for, for a long, long time. Uh, what did you think about Dion Conroy coming straight back in? I mean, regardless of his ability, he's had a month off and then to go up against against Man City and he, he did certainly did seem to struggle in those opening stages. He really did struggle in those opening stages and I think ultimately would would that have happened if it wasn't Dion Conroy and captain? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you know we saw Critchlow sort of get eased back in. Um Rob Hunt and Odomeo have been have been more than good enough in the last couple of weeks. So so absolutely deserve to start. And I guess it what literally did just come down to Critchlow or or Dion and you know we've we've eased Critchlow back in. He gives us that natural option on the left as well, which I really like. And I, I must admit, if 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 it was a league game, I'd have been I'd have been really disappointed with the fact with, with the fact that the back three was the back three. It just didn't it just didn't feel like the right thing to do, and that that sort of came to pass in the in the first 15, 20 minutes, didn't it? Yeah, surely did. Well, we'll let's go into the second half because loads more positivity. But before we get to that, they got they got their third. Um, and it was a you know well placed free kick. I have to question the positioning of the wall, and also why I I, I hate the lying down behind the wall thing. <laughs> it just seems so ridiculous. But I'm sure we're the only club who still did who still does this. Right? It's almost <laughs> like um, it's 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 a very uh, it's a very sort of West Country thing to still be doing something that, that like everybody else stopped eighteen months ago, right? <laughs> I mean, I know he's 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 bent it around the wall, but it just seems like there's a huge gap there. I'd be, oh, yeah. and the, the funny thing about the goal, even though it shouldn't be funny, is the way Kane Kessler Hayden just gets up afterwards and just walks off like, oh, there we go, three 0 Never yeah. mind. <laughs> it's very funny, but yeah, and I think you know that that wall definitely was um, not lined up correctly. You shouldn't be able to do that, and as soon as you as soon as you give that window of opportunity, then obviously you know. Player of that a player of that quality is going to absolutely find the bottom corner, but it was pretty much signposted, wasn't it? For him, it didn't. I mean, it's a lovely finish, but yeah. also it, it, it you might as well have you might as well have uh, had a tifo behind the goal with a big arrow saying bottom corner. Um, you know, it's pretty <laughs> obvious what's going to happen. Well, let's start with the slow build to positivity because I say slow build because the positivity really began in the second half when we conceded a penalty, oddly. Jesus stepped up and it was saved. It was an absolutely awful penalty, but it's a nice little reputation Lewis Ward is is getting for himself. I, I just find him such a frustrating goalkeeper based on the, the occasions that I've seen him play because sometimes he just seems to look so shaky at the fundamentals and then do some really impressive things too. I've yet to see him, even that performance against Forest Green, he still conceded a penalty. It wasn't a penalty, but he still put himself in a position to concede one. Um, And then he made some mistakes in this game, but, you know, he did a magnificent save nearer to the end and he saved the pen. Yeah, I I really can't get my head around Lewis Ward. And I think it's going to be fascinating. I think, look, let's judge him at the end of this month because this is is make or break for him in in terms of... um, in terms of 
long-term future. We know he's got a contract for next season, but I think if you put a gun to my head right now, Jojo's probably not going to be here beyond the summer. Um, so is Lewis Ward going to get, going to go on and be number one, or is he going to be number two for us like he has been everywhere else? You know, in his recent career, and I, I agree with you, Rich. I, I find it quite. I really don't know what to make of him. He makes he makes easy saves look not hard, but he he sort of does it in a way to get lots of credit for things that he should save anyway. Um, then he pulls out sort of ama- like an amazing save out of nowhere, or or will save a penalty. But it's the fundamentals, Rich. I think you're you're exactly right. He doesn't feel with confidence in the air, despite the fact he's way more physically imposing than Jojo. And with the ball at his feet, in the way that we play, he's nowhere near the level that we need. I don't think um, a goal, you know, a goalkeeper in this Bengana system is is ultimately an eleventh outfield player when we have possession. And Lewis Ward just seems to sort of put himself into awkward situations all the time. And look. Let's let's see where we are in three or four games' time. I, I'll happily, happily eat my words. Um, but I think long-term, it'd be really interesting to see to see who's in goal beyond beyond sort of February if Jojo comes back and beyond beyond the summer if, um, if Jojo leaves, as I expect him to. Yeah, loads of big games in the next few weeks too. So Lewis Ward's going to be... It's going to be really interesting to see how he, how he gets on and, and I really hope he does... Bloody splendid job. Johnny Williams comes on, as does Romney Critchlow, and I think we improve at that at that point. Um Harry McCurdy for the majority of the game, and there were a few shouts that he was man of the match for his endeavour. And uh, when we talk about the two standouts of this game from both sides, and that was Kane Kessler Hayden and, and Cole Palmer. Harry McCurdy struck me as as a, a lower league player, really trying but not getting much luck, and then and lots of clapping towards the DRS throughout the game. Every time he took his position, he got a round of applause and he and he and he clapped back. And he was trying to do a few tricks that weren't coming through, and he he was really trying. There was no doubt about that. And then it just had someone like Johnny Williams come on, Tyrese sort of take the man away, and then. Harry got his moment and, well, he, he took it. Absolutely lovely moment to be in the ground and see. When you've got quality of this snatcher, and a breakaway, Johnny Williams, head Simpson, so too here. It's McCurdy. McCurdy! And they have a goal back. And just listen to what that means. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's just what the game needed. This stadium has erupted. Just because of the- yeah, fair play to him. Look, I mean, I I have a love hate relationship with Harry McCurdy. I think um, I think it's fascinating just to to look at a group of players and understand that for some of them this is the best it gets, and for others this is the start of their journey. Um, and I think that that happens in 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 lower league football, right? Um, this is on the pitch. This is probably probably the best it gets for Harry, right? This spell right now, he's he's having the best season of his life. He's he, he's he's Sort of created this cult figure for himself. He's he's creating that 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 character for himself, even outside of outside of Wiltshire, which is like fair play to him. He'll probably secure himself a deal, whether it's here or somewhere else again, just at the back of this season. But um, you know, I think I think frankly, this is as good as it gets for him, and and he's enjoying every minute of it. And fair play to him. Um, he took his goal extraordinarily well, and and loved every minute of it. And 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 
let's not forget football is an entertainment business and, and right now he is he he is the the lead singer of your favorite band or, or, <laughs> or whatever like you know he's he's the guy that people are going to see he's the guy that that people adore even though realistically um if auto-tune turns off and you find out find out they're not very good at singing really <laughs> uh, terrible terrible um no nope. i loved it uh can't think of the word. Um, I've gone on for a very weird tangent there, but you know what I mean. He he is the he is the sort of rock star of 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 this club at the moment, and and he's enjoying every minute of it. And lots of our fans are enjoying every minute of it with him. So fair play to him. Yeah, I think the man management of Harry McCurdy is probably the best anyone's done so far throughout his career. I think they do give him a lot more freedom than maybe his previous employers have. And at this moment in time, it's working and it's working very very well. But I do suspect when it goes. When it goes sour, turns sour, it will turn sour in a magnificently spectacular way. But what a week he's had, and he could be the difference. If this form continues throughout the rest of the season, then he well, he can say what he wants, have whatever wash bag he wants, and <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll embrace it. You've got to ride the highs with players like this, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I think I think my only frustration with him is is we is we ride out the lows as well in terms of like there was a period before christmas where it was turning quite bad quite quickly because he wasn't in great form no one was for us right but he wasn't in great form and and, and his petulance was becoming a big issue really interestingly he hasn't been booked for four games in a row which which Harry McCurdy is just bizarre and and probably his biggest achievement of his career um so i think you've got to you've got to ride the highs and and maybe maybe as fans, I'm you know talking about myself here. We've got to. I've just got to ride out the lows and accept the fact that a player at this level, he is he's mercurial, and and you don't get that four goal performance. You don't get this purple patch if you don't give him time and uh, patience when he's not performing. So, yeah, Ben Garner is doing a phenomenal job managing him. We've got a system where if we have to carry him, we can do. Um, so yeah, fair, fair play to him. Let's just let's just enjoy it while it lasts. I was I was at the other side of the Don Rogers stand when it went in, and the scenes visually were amazing. You know, um, watching the fans celebrate. I can't be honest; the roar sounded more impressive on TV. Ah, oh, it, it sounded awesome. I mean, the atmosphere on TV never really comes across, but in that in that big mo in that big moment with the, when they're going in, it sounded and, and looked absolutely brilliant as well. So. Yeah, fair play. Look, I really, really hope it's not the last big goal we have this season. I really hope that it's not the last full house. And I really hope Harry McCurdy scores in front of their town and in a game that actually means something. Because um, you want to hear a roar doing that in a playoff semi-final, second leg or something. That, that That's going to be a proper roar, isn't it? You know, when, the, when the game actually matters. And at this level, I can't think of a better follow-up game at home than Bristol Rovers just to entice floating fans and motivate people like Harry McCurdy to want to experience the same scenes again. 100%. You know, the, the, the hardest thing now is to pick up, pick yourselves up and go again. We've got two really tricky away games. Um, but in terms, of, in terms of recreating intense home atmospheres, Rovers should be even bigger, right? Like, you know, Harry, like I said, Harry McCurdy scores in front of the town then that day. It's going to be even better scenes, and, and and it will really mean something. So, um, yeah, fingers fingers crossed the the, the crowd turns out. And it's two years ago, next month or, or or this month, whatever that we had um, Exeter at home in front of a sellout 
Um, and you've just got to hope that we're building to that sort of crescendo again. Absolutely, we do. There was there was a bit after the McCurdy goal where we had a free kick and Critchlow just headed wide, and I just thought to myself, just before it was taken, Christ, if we scored now, then, you know, <laughs> it could go absolutely crazy. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just just wide, and it was it was in such a good place, and uh, you you know the, the Mull story versus Aston Villa sort of thing, but you know turned up to eleven, it would have been amazing. But then Man City sort of just said you've had your fun, and they sort of pushed on, and and then they got their they got their fourth and a much deserved goal for Palmer, wasn't it? Yeah, he was outstanding, wasn't he? And you know we were saying. Um... I think it was yesterday we were talking about this in terms of in terms of why did Cole Palmer stand out? He's he's a fantastic talent, but he's not the you know, they're all fantastically talented and and you know, Cancelo, Walker, De Bruyne, Rodri, you know, they're all phenomenal, phenomenal players. And I think ultimately it it all comes down to what the game meant for that individual. And for Cole Palmer to play 90 minutes and, and get all of the headlines and all the attention, that really that really obviously really mattered to him and the game really mattered to him. And he was playing fourth or fifth gear. He was playing at the top of his ability, um, or certainly in terms of his enthusiasm and his attitude. Whereas the rest of the city team were very, very much in in first gear and coasting and in complete control, knowing that they've got to go again next week or the week after, and and, and have got a really big end of the season. For Cole Palmer, that game really mattered, and and I'm fair play to him. He he stood out an absolute mile, and, and what a phenomenal talent. In terms of in terms of. The standout performance for us, the man of the match, as provided, given by listeners and by members of the pod, is a double. It's Kane Kessler-Hayden. And the reason I bring this up now is because the same with Cole Palmer. I just think the stakes were so much greater for Kane Kessler-Hayden because... And I find it interesting also that the only time we've given him man of the match, and I include the listeners in this, was on his debut um, against Scunthorpe. And we've seen a lot of Kane Kessler-Hayden. And I must admit, I don't think I, I saw a lot of what Aston Villa fans were were, were telling us we were going to experience. We saw a very good player. Um, we saw him definitely improve over the last few games, but I didn't see that this guy's going to be, you know, future England, you know, future first team at Aston Villa. I saw that against Man City. He was the only Swindon player that didn't look like a League Two player trying to work hard against Man City. He looked more effortless in in, in that performance. He was absolutely outstanding. And I think, um, you know, we're now talking about this through the context of him, be- him being recalled this morning as well. But I've sort of been really wrestling with this in terms of um, why why did he defend properly yesterday, uh, against, against Man City on Friday? Yeah, most of the season, he's been really suspect defensively to a point where I get really frustrated with him. Um, he, he obviously has a huge ceiling talent-wise. Um, but he came here to make his mistakes and he came here to learn. And his decision-making has been really, really poor at times. That's not to take away anything from him as a, as a, as a, as a talent. Like I said, I think he's, he's got a huge future in the game. But I think um, on Friday night, he was just dialed in defensively and, and for once just looked like he wanted to defend and relish the challenge of defending. And, and for too often this season, he hasn't done that for us. So look, um, he he was brilliant, and like I think your summation there in terms of he was the only player in red who didn't look like a League Two player busting their guts playing the game of their lives. Um, it is a perfect summation for it, and and it'll be fascinating now to see to see what happens next for him, won't it? 
I think they've recalled four or five other loanees, but none of them, I would say, have had enjoyable experiences on loan to the same degree as Kessler Hayden has. So um, I would say that's probably more likely that Kane Kessler Hayden will you know, feature for Aston Villa than the other guys. But there's still a chance he might come back, I suppose. But given the way he's performed in the last few games, you expect if he does go out on loan, it'll be, it might be League One. But if he plays a game for Villa, it can only be Swindon. Yeah, I, um, when I first read of this news, I, I, I did find it quite strange from Villa's point of view. And I get this whole... Um, I don't get... Sorry, I don't get this whole, oh, Steve and Jared wants to have a look at him. It's like, Aston Villa employ a loan manager and... Kane Kessler Hayden has been part of their system for a long time. Steven Gerrard's not going to learn about Kane Kessler Hayden by bringing him back and training and watching him train. That's not how you learn about players. It's also not how you develop players, right? So for, for me, it's one of two things. It's either they are worried about squad depth because of um, fixture pileup and coronavirus and et cetera, et cetera. And think that he actually can be part of that first team squad at Villa, or they want him to play another level up. And 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 and, and either way, that's that's their prerogative. That that's the problem with loan players, and it'd be fascinating to see what happens. But I don't buy into this. Oh, Steven Gerrard wants to have a look at him and get to know him. That that that's a bit of a weird one for me, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a great loss. I mean, I think we were all super confident that most of our loanies would stick around beyond this month, but we've lost two one. Not huge loss, one a great loss, but that's that's the loan market. Um, back onto the the Man City game. That's, I mean, I can't help but think we've been far too sort of uh, not negative, but it was a magnificent thing to be in attendance for, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the biggest le- legacy that we need to maintain has to be people coming back to support this side. I mean, who else? Who else stood up stood out for you during this? Because there were a few that I thought had solid performances. I think Jordan Lydon continues yes. his sort of um, resurrection. What, 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 resurrection, resurrection. Oh. Um, <laughs> he, he right now he is he is almost like a new signing for me. Like he he wasn't really in my in my um, peripheral vision when it came to the first, this first team squad at, at the club. Right, and like. I was just very much a case of he's contracted, he's going to peter out, we'll release him in the summer, which is a crying shame because I think he's a great footballer. And out of nowhere, it just turns out that we were genuinely were just trying to rebuild him physically. Um, and since the since he came in over Christmas, he's been absolutely outstanding. And I think I think him reaching sort of some sort of consistency and trying trying to get minutes into it, into him with some sort of consistency alongside Louis Reed really will give us the platform for a slightly tweaked tactical um, tactical approach in the back end of the season. And I'm really, really hoping that, um, that like I said, it's, it's like a new signing for us and he, and he goes on and, and continues this run right all the way through through till May. Um, and, and also, I don't know, there's something about John Lyon that I just find incredibly likeable. I've never met the guy, I don't know him, but he just seems to be out there trying his best and 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 in doing it in a sort of fair but competitive way and there's just something about him that, that I just take a shine to. Yeah, no, completely agree. Jordan Lydon's resurrection will go we won't call it a resurrection. That's crazy. But uh, <laughs> the 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 return to work for him is such a perfect time for him and Swindon because a whole season 
with a couple of minutes here and there is not going to help his career at all. Um, so if he can play really, really well, either get a new contract at town or be so good it's got Swindon up and it's earned him a deal elsewhere, then win-win for everyone concerned. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think um, at this level, it's impossible to, to predict what this squad will be next summer. And you just got to take season by season, build a squad to compete at that level with the best budget, you you know, with the, to using your tools as best as you can and go again. And, and look, if Jordan can put together 15, 20 games back in the season, be a really important part of this team as we push Put push um push into the top three or whatever, then then fair play to him, whether he stays or whether he goes and gets another move elsewhere. Um he'll go I'm sure he'll go with the best wishes of, of all of all of all Swindon fans. Yeah. Anyone else that you wanna you know give uh, props to before we go? Uh look, I think I think um I don't think there's anyone else I'd I'd really sort of call out. I think Louis Reed again was really tidy on the board and looked looked pretty much the only one sort of capable um, of actually taking the ball under the pressure that Man City was applying at times. And, and Johnny Williams also was outstanding when he came on. Um, but, you know, again, Johnny Williams has played in games bigger than that. So it, it, it should come as no surprise that that Williams understands how games like that work. And I think um, what we what I really liked about Williams was just his, his... He just seemed a little bit more comfortable sort of playing... In that in that world, so when he got the ball, he he drove forward and and he released the ball at the right time. Obviously, the goal here is is a perfect example, but it happened two or three other times, and um, he just seemed a little bit more at home, I think, among among that company. We have to end on a pretty rubbish note. The club had to release a statement due to the behaviour of Swindon Town fan or Swindon Town fans in the town end during during the uh, the game or the post match due to. Uh, Racial abuse directed at Ashley Cole, who was part of ITV's coverage. Just, oh, I, I, I don't really know what to say about it, Terry. I, I, something that annoys me is when people reply, these aren't town fans, these aren't Swindon fans, these aren't football they fans. Are. They absolutely are. This is a, it's such a weird trope where, where something bad happens and then you know someone will say that they're not Swindon fans. They absolutely are. Um, and we can't shy away from that because all you're doing by saying they're not Swindon fans is trying to sort of create almost an excuse or a distance and not and, and actually not facing the, the issue head on. And the issue here is that Swindon fans, yet again, are painting themselves in a bad light. And it, it's pro- it was probably one, one, one individual or a couple of individuals, but it doesn't matter because when you read the report on the BBC that police are investigating, People aren't reading it through the context of, well, that was one guy or that was two two or three or a small handful of people, right? So let's move away from this. They're not Swindon fans. They absolutely are. And they they and and they let our club down and they let themselves down. And you've just got to hope in, in the modern era, it's super easy to find these people. And everyone knows whose tickets were whose. Find them, ban them. Simple as that. Move on. They're just not, they're simply not welcome. They are Swindon fans though. So let's stop this trope of they're not us because they are among us. And, and and until we accept that, we'll never beat it. They certainly are. Okay, well, that's Man City out the way. And now we get back to the League Two stuff. After years of waiting for these big clubs to come to Swindon, now they see out the season with a nitty-gritty. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. It's um, it's 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 back back to the proper football now. And look, January is always a hectic month, especially for us. So our fixtures never seems to be nice in January, does it? <laughs> it really doesn't. It's always... We always seem to lose our low knees and be in this state of flux 
as well as having a really tough um, fixture run. So that Mansfield are in absolutely phenomenal form at home. Um, Nigel Clough's really done it, really turned them around after an awful start to the season. And they weren't half bad when they came down to us early on in the season as well. And then Port Vale, you know, that's that's a huge six pointer. Two clubs very much with eyes on on top seven, if not top three. So look, massive week, two away games. Our away forms took a bit of a battering recently, and we've, we've got to we've got to get back to back to what we were doing uh, pre Christmas. We certainly do, Terry. Thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.